Welcome back, everybody. It's Marketing Monday. You got Shelly over here in the uh, Pallet Prison. You got myself in my little dungeon hole called the basement. I've been working on making myself look aesthetically more pleasing because that's what's important to the show. And uh, we have the wonderful, amazing Lacey Steinberg of 605 Ninja. Lacey, while I'm sharing out the uh, show on all the uh, social media channels, would you mind telling the people who you are, where you came up with this crazy idea for 605 Ninja, and uh, a little bit of, I don't know, who you are? Yes, so my name is Lacey Steinberg. My husband and I own 605 Ninja. We've been open for about three years. Prior to opening 605 Ninja, which is an obstacle training academy. So similar to a gymnastic center or a taekwondo center, we teach the sport of ninja. We're also an entertainment facility. Um, but prior to opening the gym, I had been teaching cheer, gymnastics, tumbling for many, many years. And um, all these people kept telling my husband, you should be on American Ninja Warrior. You should be on American Ninja Warrior. Well, that's a compliment. V. Uh, so we didn't even know what it was. We looked it up and he's like, this is awesome. I found this little gym in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we went to it. And like when I walked into this little 2000 square foot gym, I'm like, this is what kids want to do. Like, this is awesome. I just saw so many benefits. And from like a coach's perspective, I was like, man, this is amazing. We always knew we wanted to own a non-traditional fitness gym, whether it's like rock climbing or parkour or tumbling. Um, we really just fell in love with the ninja concept. We traveled the country to 12 different gyms, uh, very similar, and uh, figured out like what they do and what they and what kind of people come to these gyms. And my husband started competing and we really just fell in love with it. And it took about two years um, to really decide that this is what we wanted to do and open. And um, from the time that we um, got the green light, within six weeks, we were just open and ready to go. And, and Dang, six it, weeks. It was pretty overwhelming working day and night, um, but we opened the doors. And um, now we're just about at our three-year anniversary on March 1st. What do you what do you have planned for for your three year anniversary? Don't ask me that. <laughs> I don't Pizza. Know. <laughs> um, amidst a pandemic, um, I just don't know what to do for our three year anniversary. In the past, we've done some big things, um, and it's been really busy. So um, we don't have anything specific planned event wise. All right, all right, all right. I, I just want to throw in there in the middle of you opening this gym, you also had kids in the middle of this, right? Yes. Um, so my daughter was nine and I had a... No, you're still here. Oh, okay. My daughter was nine and I had a newborn. So my daughter was born the end of November and we started opening the gym in January. So she was like six weeks old when we started um, working on this. So working mom, um, we were very tired, exhausted, but we weren't going to let anything get in our way. I I honestly just love hearing your story, Lacey, because you are, in my opinion, one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. Like I, I some of the stuff that I've, not that I know you all that super well, but like just the bits and pieces that I've seen and heard of you, like you and Jason don't let anything stop you. And you guys are really admirable in that regard. Thank you very much. So 
Is it safe to say that fitness is a big part of uh, your guys' life, you know, prior to 605 Ninja? And I'm guessing it probably is now. Yeah. So fitness was always like a really huge thing. My husband went to school for kinesiology and sports science. Um, and then he became a personal trainer for quite a few years and he was doing personal training. Um, but uh, we always knew that we had like a bigger vision and wanted to serve more people than just like one-on-one -on -one training. Um, and so it really helped us transition into owning the gym and teaching the classes that we do. Okay. So what is, so in high school, were you playing a lot of sports? Like what, about, what about you? I did um, competitive cheer and tumbling uh, like seven days a week. I just was totally into competitive cheer, competing, performing, and, and just getting better, faster, stronger. I also did track. Um, I had a child very young. Um, and then my husband, he did, um, he was a multi-sport athlete and then he did track through high school and then he did the decathlon in um, college. Um, and that's what kind of drew him to Ninja Warrior, you know, 10 events and multiple obstacles. And he was kind of like, what do I do after track and college? There was like nothing. He was very into skateboarding, but that is just like for fun and overcoming obstacles and just trying things over and over. But um, through Ninja, he found a, a really big passion. Gotcha. So what was the, I don't, I don't remember if you covered this, so I apologize if you end up repeating this, but you guys end up going up to, sorry, I just saw the screenshot up above of like my face for the shared thing. And I literally, my face is like this, like that's, that's the look. So great. Hopefully that ends up being a bunch of clickbait for people. Um, sorry. So you guys are up in Minneapolis and you are looking at these gyms. Now, what prompted that? Were you doing some sort of like um, tour to figure out what kind of gym you wanted, alternative fitness gym you wanted to open up or what, what was it? So for years, we would just like when we would travel or do things, we'd always try to find something fun activity to do. So we would go to like rock climbing gyms or in Colorado parkour gyms or different types of fitness training gyms. Um, that was just our thing. Like wherever we go, we find the coolest gym and we go experience it. And we were going to a cheer competition. And like my husband had applied for the TV show, American Ninja Warrior. And from, and then we were, I was like, researching you know cool gyms in minneapolis and that came across and so we just stopped in there for two hours and um the rest is history well well from there there was a competition in one month and my husband's like i'm doing it i have to go so we're going up and back to minneapolis multiple times so he can practice and train and then he just really fell in love with the sport and the community and at that gym there was actually people who had competed on the show before so there was like so much knowledge and um expertise in the ninja world um my husband okay. ended up being on american ninja warrior three years later Okay. Um, and he didn't get any airtime. They only air about 30%, but it was a very amazing experience. They choose 600 people out of 77,000 applicants. Wow. is like super hard. And he's applied year after year ever since, but he hasn't got back on. It was kind of, it was temporarily canceled last year. Um, calls are going out in the Midwest right now. So fingers crossed, he really hopes to get on the show this year. So did he end up um, 
advancing past a bunch of events? Did he end up going out halfway through? Like, how far did he yeah, make it? So he placed 32nd, and they take the top 30 out of the next round. 32nd, oh. <laughs> and he got 32nd. Um, he competed at, I want to say, 3.15 in the morning, Ooh. in the middle of the night. Uh, so yeah. it's really, it's like a wild, crazy adventure. They tape from like 10 PM till 5 AM. Um, it's really uh, cutthroat and exhausting and, um, super cool. Uh, that actually sheds a lot of light on a lot of the shows that I've, I mean, cause I'm, I'm assuming a ton of people have seen American Ninja Warrior, but if you haven't, you should, because it's pretty, it's pretty awesome stuff, but that actually sheds a lot of light on. Like when you're watching these people, of course it's like really physically tough to be doing that stuff. But like you're looking at some of these people and they're just like exhausted, like in the first couple of rounds. And I'm like, it, it never really clicked to me that they're doing it at night, so it might be like really late at night or you know or super early in the morning. Don't even or I mean, it's it is physically and uh, mentally and emotionally challenging more. Than more than physically, to be honest, because most fifty percent of people have trained for this. Fifty percent of people have never even <laughs> tried an obstacle, um, all on the storyline, that sort of thing. So some of them just simply have no training whatsoever. They're just giving it a shot. But huh. hmm. okay, so uh, go ahead, Shelly. <laughs> well, so I was going to turn the table a little bit. So, excuse me, advancing into the business side of this. So you guys start the business and what was it like to just open a business? You have a business background. Jason has a business background, right? Like both of your families kind of grew up in the business world. Yeah, both our parents, um, both of our dads owned small businesses for many, 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 many years. We worked inside them or alongside them. Um, we get a lot of um, encouragement and excitement and um stuff from them um so uh, what was it like it was really daunting and scary um but most of all like there was just there's so many things you don't expect you know like so somebody comes in before we open the doors and they bring their kids in they're like look at this gym doesn't it look cool and then the little kid is like i want to come here when it opens and she's like oh this is for adults only and i'm like no, you know, like, it's just like, oh my gosh, no, it's not at all. This is for kids. Like, this is for everyone um, ages like five or six and up. And, you know, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, we got some hurdles um, to overcome, like the message or Would like- Would you say that you have some obstacles to overcome? Totally. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, so kid, like we would have some people say, oh, this is just for adults. And we'd have some people say, oh, this is just for kids. And it's just like, man, we had so much to teach the world of Sioux Falls about Ninja. I mean, nobody knew what it was other than the TV show, but um, nobody even knew that it was like a full fledged sport with leagues um, and competitions um, nationwide, worldwide. Um, it's a huge sport too. So um, getting people to understand what Ninja is, is what, that was our biggest thing when we first opened, um, the most daunting project. So how did you guys overcome that or tackle that head on? Um, just getting people in the door and teaching them just like when somebody comes in, they're not just going to come in and play. They get it. They get to hear, they get to hear us talk and speak and, and tell them all about Ninja. I mean, things have changed now. More people just come in, but 
when people would come in the doors, we'd share our story and um, what we've done and what our vision is for this space. And parents really liked that and appreciated that and followed us um, on our journey. So um, like we're more than a play center. We're an academy and we teach kids. Like that's the common theme that we're telling people when they come in the door. Like, um, yeah, you might just come here and play one time per year, but we also offer these amazing classes that are going to get your kids stronger. So from a marketing perspective, we talked about this a little bit previously, but like, you know, getting people in the door, once you guys get people in the door, I feel like you guys are so passionate that like, it's going to be hard for people to not feel your passion and want to keep going with you guys or get started with you guys. But how do you get people in the door? Like what has primarily worked for you guys up to this point and what has been a struggle to get people in the door for you guys? The biggest thing that gets people in the door for us um, is our events. Once we started doing events and more and more events, like specific things or reasons to draw people in, like a two hour kids night out or a summer ninja camp or a clinic or this or that, like we just try and do like five to 10 events per month. And we know those intrigue people and get them in the door. And from there, they see what we have to offer. Um, but posting an event on Facebook, just drawing the people in and then just sharing our passion and, and making it really fun for them. Um, I would say we're really good at relationship marketing. I was looking up all the types. Um, where we lack is like educating like teenagers and young adults. We, I think we would never get teenagers or young, young adults in the door unless they like knew what a ninja gym was and want to try it. Maybe it was daunting or our marketing was missing or, or we just never got one in the door. So we can't spread the word to those people, but they have a great time when they come in, but I'd say from ages like 15 to 29, we get very few people in that age range coming in the door and maybe they don't spend money on activities at that age because they don't have as much money or, or I don't know, but we, we miss that mark. Um, but our events really draw in people from ages six to 16, very just religiously month after month, um, that sort of thing. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, Lacey. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think the more niche that you are with your business, a lot of times, mm -hmm. it, the more helpful it can be because you can just be laser focused on how to serve that niche really, really well, rather than trying to serve a wide group of people, not mm -hmm. as well, if that makes sense. So like, if your focus is primarily on kids, like, mm -hmm. more power to really like, don't I don't think that's a negative. Yeah, so we do kids and we do have a lot of adults, but they're just like over 30. <laughs> like most of them are over 30. So like we've got this age and this age, but not a lot of this age. And that's and like you said, we kind of like two years in, we're like, actually I started consulting with a couple other gym owners and they're like, we have the same problem. So don't worry about it. You know, just focus on, on the people that want to be there and the age group that that's in there. And I thought we were missing the mark because some of these gyms look like they have a ton of those people. Or, and, and we do have quite a few teenagers, but I mean, it's 10% of a, you know, of the market. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Like <laughs> it, that type of business, like you're, have you ever gone to a gym, like a regular gym and noticed <laughs> that certain types of gyms attract just like just old people and that's <laughs> it. And then you've got other gyms where it's like, they attract power lifters. And then you've got other gyms that attract CrossFitters. Like very rarely do you get a gym that's like, 
we're going to attract everyone and everyone's going to love everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just the way it is. Like you're, I, when, when was the last time you walked into a gym and you saw a bunch of 16 to 25 year olds doesn't, doesn't, doesn't exist. Like it's not there. And the reason is, is because they'd rather be, I don't know, vaping, like playing video games, drinking, like, hey now, I have two in that age range. Don't be like saying that my kids are doing this. Hey, I mean, whatever. Like, I get it. I was, I wasted my, I did all that. Well, I didn't vape, but you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it just is what it is, right? Then you hit 30, you start getting fat, and then you're like, oh, hey, maybe I should hit the gym and do Ninja Warrior stuff and tear your ACL like three times because that's me. And, um, do that stuff. I mean, that's just, I, if that's the cycle of your customer, great. What's the earliest age that you start to like these, you can start to hook them and then get them in the door and do that. We find that really young kids do like parents. We get a lot of requests for three, four, five year olds, but we, we truly feel that Ninja is best taught at five or six. We start our classes at six because our obstacles are high and taller and the, the base is our facility. Um, and, and just everything about our business model, it just it, it works best for a six year old for our classes. But then in the last year we were like, we should really offer something for the younger group. And, and we offer the one-on-one -on -one and stuff like that. So we did learn a, a little bit on how to focus on some of those people that really want what we have to offer, but we just didn't really have that option. Um, another thing that I know we struggle with big time is like email marketing. Um, we i only send last year i think we counted i sent nine emails uh, total and just to our members like very i think around christmas time we sent a big email blast but that's just it it's something that's so uncomfortable to me um and i i i have a plan for it in the future but i also have a fear of like over marketing um too um or or, or spending all this time on something i'm not really good at when you say over marketing, what do you mean? Well, we have um, like our flow of customers right now is almost too much. We're kind of uh, having growing pains. Um, and so I don't shut off any of my other marketing that we have going, but the thought of like adding email on top um, could bring like, in my opinion, we're doing too many trials per class and, and stuff like that for like overall customer satisfaction. So that's that's where i'm at right now personally okay so is your problem facility is it is it staff um what's the what's the issue that you're running into there where you're at yeah, max we're a 6500 square foot and we have a cap and we we um and we're nearing capacity for our classes um we will probably be at capacity this year and then we would go to like more of a strict wait list except for the entertainment stuff. Like we've got hours set aside on the weekends for those. Um, so based on like, we have our plan for the end of our business and, and we're of our classes and we're nearing that. Um, and we can only, there's only so many spots available per class. Um, and we already have, um, we're just nearing capacity in that part of our business. So well, yeah. this, is a, this is a great problem. Yeah. Well, what do you think you should do, Lacey? Our 
we have young kids. Um, so our current goal is to just max out our space that we have. We are um, in the process of adding a little bit more space for some of our um, parkour and silk classes. Um, but other than that, it's just like max out what we have built and, and get that fine tuned and running really good. Maybe figure out my email marketing before we could do anything um, else or anything bigger per se. So you, you do want to um, go to like a bigger facility or a second facility or something like that, or you don't? I haven't decided yet. I'd really have to crunch the numbers. I'd really, I'd have to go through a process to decide. Um, I never imagined owning more than one um, ever, uh, but I'm not saying no to the future, but right now we're really focused on our gym and our space and our kids. So we're Can I, a bit of balance. Can I jump in with a couple logistical kind of questions? Mm -hmm. So when you say that you're maxed out on your classes, can you explain a little bit about how your classes are set up? So is it like, you sign up for like a 12 week class series? Is it you pay each week when you come? Is it like a year long commitment? Like how are they set up? For sure. So we um, are, we don't do session based. We just like you sign up and then you're on automatic and then you, and then you can change or cancel at any time. Um, we just have way more enrollment than we do drops. Um, and so we have about an average of 24 customers per hour in our classes. And um, school gets out at three. So from three to eight or nine, we only have so many hours. And when we've got 24 kids per hour, sometimes more, um, that's just all we, all we have to offer. So the reason I ask that is my mind immediately goes to like a dance studio, right? Like you're, you're fairly familiar, I would imagine, like being in that stuff growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So like my mind immediately goes to like, do you know what that max number is as far as your revenue to consistently, like in dance, you sign up for the entire year, right? Like you're signed yeah. on from September to May and you know, same kind of thing. Yeah. Is that similar to how you guys currently run it? Yes. Yeah, so um, like right now, our gym, our whole everything we have is like 6,500 square feet and we have about 4,500 of gym space. The rest is more like parent viewing, back rooms, that sort of thing. So we have about 4,500 um, square feet of usable gym space. And based on our consultant and other like consulting with like 30 other gym owners, um, that means we should have about four, 450 members would cap us in our space. Um, that's just like a rule of thumb. Um, but we're also adding on about 2000 square feet. So, um, that would potentially maybe open up a little bit more, um, space and numbers, but we, we do know our end goal and, and what we're trying to achieve, like class wise, the amount of hours, um, we could open up all these classes on Sundays and Saturdays and Fridays, but that's not necessarily what we're looking to do. As well. well, so what are you looking to do then? What's 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 your what's your end goal for this facility then? So right now we have 22 ninja classes and our goal is just to get all of those full. Um, and 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 provide X and, and get more kids to fall in love with the sport of ninja. And that's where they compete and they travel to other gyms and compete and stuff, too. Because um, we also have some of those classes we can fill, like actual, like the courses, classes, and that sort of. Yep. Thing. I, hope that I, I think, 
I think if you and I were sitting down having a drink, which we basically are right now, because mm-hmm. I've got my my buble, um, I would encourage you to actually not think about that. And I would encourage you to start game planning for um, overcapacity. Mm-hmm. Because on the if you're telling me that you're, let's just say that you're at 75% capacity right now, mm-hmm. you don't want to start planning for max capacity when you're at max capacity. For sure. And if you have to, if you're already at the stage where you're thinking about or have to start shutting off marketing channels because you have too much influx, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I would start game planning. What does this look like if we get to 80%, 90%? It's, and it all depends on what you want. If you only want single facility um, and stuff like that, then there's a couple of, I mean, there's really only a couple of things that you can do. Um, but I guess then the question would come in of what would be what would be the thing holding you back from wanting to grow to either a bigger building or a secondary location, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we've we definitely started, like we'll say we're 10% of our plan for capacity and stuff like that. Um, it's been actively brought up because we've recently just had a massive influx like prompting like, oh my gosh, we went from like scarcity mindset with the pandemic to, oh my gosh, where are we gonna put all these people yep. in just a few months? Um, and we're, we're, we do, we always plan ahead and try and look like what the future, we always try to plan right now for what it will be in the end. Yep. Um, and um, that's really good feedback and, and stuff like that. Um, and as far as like future growth, I mean, the, the, that stuff scares me um, like a lot. Uh, so that's just me personally. And I've got a lot of people in my corner to help me through that. Um, but when consulting with other gym owners, you know, like I met a gym owner like six months ago and she's like, I, um, my gym that has double the members is just as profitable as a gym of this size. Like she's like, instead of staying at 450 members, I went to 900 and I make the same amount of money and have the the twice as much stress, you know? And so deciding what that, what, what that happy medium is, I'm still on the pursuit of that. Hold on. Cause I hear this from detailers all Mm -hmm. the time, all the time. You want to know where I'm going to, I'm just going to throw a wild dart at the wall. And I'm going to say that a lot of her stress probably comes from staff, right? It is. Yes. Oh, crazy. You want to know why? Because most people suck at managing people Mm -hmm. suck at it. (laughs) So now, now the question comes in. Okay. If that is the scenario, which is a very real and, that is that is the next obstacle of business, right? You're yeah. on, you're in, you're in, you're you're on the ninja platform, and you're going forward, and it's that's the that's the next big obstacle that you have to overcome, and that's just what that's just what business is. It's it's you're never ever unless I guess you're wanting to do that. If you're staying stagnant, that's death. Like, can you? Can you just stop on a platform and say, hey, like, I'm just going to chill here and, like, let the clock just run? No, they'll kick you off of it, right? You'll just you'll just die. So there's nothing wrong with saying that 
this is where we're comfortable right now with being at this growth. But where you guys are going to start running into issues is if you stay on the same trajectory that you are right now, you're going to have a, a lot of really upset people, customers and everything like that, because they're not going to understand what's going on in the background. And so there's things that you can do if you want to stay at the same capacity that you want to now. There's things that you can do to do that, but then start cutting down on membership while making more money. And basically, that just comes down to increasing pricing, um, lowering our uh, yeah, lowering uh, your class times, doing more class times and everything like that. But is your is your husband like more of the adventurous entrepreneur type and you're more of the reserved one or what's um, that relationship look like? He is a ninja warrior and uh, class. He is like the workaholic, play with the kids, run the classes, very passionate about the program. I'm more of the business-minded, logistical stuff. Um, so, you know, we we do have a bigger vision. I know I'm being pretty modest, but I guess kind of like we knew we wanted to own a non-traditional fitness center. We just hadn't decided what kind yet. We were really we we're I'm a feeler outer. I gotta think about things for a long time and know that's exactly what I want. I'm very particular, um, and and what I've seen so far uh, and where, where we're at in our life. I mean, I'm 28, he's 29. Um, we also try to be really realistic with our, our life and our goals and our, our dreams. Uh, real being realistic is also a really nice way of saying like, we're, we're too far. We're too afraid to go to that next step. Like, it's, sure. listen, I want to say, I want to say something really quick. This comes from a place of love. Okay. If you guys have managed to accomplish this in three years' time, you guys have something special about you. Don't don't pull back on that just because of something that looks scary. Okay. Now, the how much do you have staff right now? I have um, twelve staff. Okay. If I. If I am here to give you advice from a place of love, friendship, and even though I have, I don't know you at all, <laughs> but um, that's probably the next thing that I would really start looking at is, okay, I've got amazing team of ninjas here. How do I make them better? How do I make them world-class ninjas? Because what's going to happen is you're going to find two to three people in your group, you probably already know them off the top of your head mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, man, they could probably just like run this without me being here. And then if you get to the point where you're only there for 15, 20 hours or something like that, and then they can run that facility, then that means that, and then they're able to run people below them because you've given them the skills and the gifts and everything like that to be able to do that. Now you can get to a bigger facility, which, um, I think I think sometimes that does equate to having a bigger population but not as much profit. But hopefully what the the goal that you get to is you get to a point where you just have these team of awesome ninjas. I, I'm sorry I'm sorry if I'm using the inappropriate term. Like no, I, I don't mean to be that's what we are, ninjas. Okay. I don't mean to try and be super punny, but um if you got a team of amazing ninjas that are just running your stuff for you. 
and you've got two 4,500, 5,000 square foot buildings that are just like running like clockwork. And then you're able to be home with your family. Like what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah. I mean, um, we definitely like, I currently work about 20 hours in the gym, um, and run the from home. Uh, we have a gym manager. We have another manager. My husband manages the classes. We really feel that our gym thrives the way it does because we have all of our fingers and everything. We're very like owner operated and we have a, a good belief system in that, but we do have amazing staff and we do allow them to operate it. But, um, in, in you, you have a lot of amazing points and, and maybe that is in our future. I, I just have a little bit of warming up to do, uh, to that idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm beating you up cause I'm no, not. not. Um, I, I appreciate all the advice and, and vision. Um, I know for me, my biggest thing is, uh, management. I have like, I'm flying to North Carolina here in a few weeks to go, take a course in management, uh, meet with oh, nice. that sort of stuff. Like I know that that's where I lack and I personally need to grow. Um, my life is, is it, taken by storm uh, and I, I, I've got big shoes to fill. Uh, I, I tell you, I, if you're up for it, I don't want to keep hammering on this topic because I feel I'm almost starting to feel bad because I don't want, I'm not trying to put you in a, on the spot. Um, <laughs> If you guys are up for it, I would love to meet you and your husband for like a lunch or something and just talk like sure. um, just because I mean, it's not very often that we uh, well that you meet people that are on the trajectory that you guys are. And mm -hmm. I just want uh, that just energizes me a lot. So um, Shelly, Sh Shannon's to been Shannon Ward has been giving you guys a lot of love here in the in the comments. You'll have to. Yeah. You'll have to jump in there and take a look at that. Good. I, you know, the thing that I, I kind of want to like take a step back from the, from where Adam was going with it a little bit. And, you know, I do think that there's, there's a balance to it, right? Like, and I guess I would like to have you kind of reflect or walk us through the side of, you know, how are you balancing everything with being, uh, a mom, being a wife, being a business owner of a very fast growing business, right? Like there's a lot of long hours that go into this. What's it, what is it like to you raising your kids in the gym and with both parents being in the gym? For sure. Um, so we're very blessed. We have so much family in town, um, grandparents, great grandparents um, that help us with the kids and stuff like that. We try not to have them spend a lot of the time at the gym. But that first year, my husband and I grinded out seven days a week. I mean, we were we had one staff member and we wanted to be there every minute for everything. We I vacuumed every inch of the gym uh, multiple times per week. I did everything. And uh, there was no work-life balance at all whatsoever. <laughs> it didn't exist. <laughs> like almost exactly one year into business, Shelly's heard this story, but I, fell and hit my head on a brick wall, um, holding my daughter, um, just rushing to the gym. I was rushing her to grandma's house. Uh, I forgot the gym phone at home. I was just so frantic, overworked, so stressed, fell, hit my head and just had like blood gushing all the way down my face. And that's why I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. And from that moment on, I started just slowly 
taking back on my hours, hiring more staff and training and working myself out of working every single thing and focusing on growing the business. Thus, putting all of my efforts into growing the business, our business grew and we can afford to hire staff and all these amazing things. Crazy, um, crazy how that works. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, like, there's so many young businesses, whether it's women or men running them, mm -hmm. that don't ever really have that epiphany, right? That like, yeah. and even if they do have that epiphany, that are too scared to take the steps to make the changes, right? It so was like, scary uh, to to make changes, and I, well, from that moment, I hit my head, and one week later, I kind of found an ad for a consultant, and. That consultant was like, this is what you got to do. I'm like, I can't do that. I remember like writing, like, I can't pay somebody to vacuum the floor. Like that was on my thing that I just reviewed, like in my head, like that just wasn't even possible. So to go back to there two years ago, like I can't pay somebody to vacuum a floor to like growth in another facility. That's where, that's where I have to grow. Um, my my mind and my vision has changed so much. Um, but as far as like work-life balance, after one year, uh, we were just like two concrete four-hour time blocks that is family time. We don't do anything else that really changed everything. And then we just like started um, being more strategic with our time um, and um, hiring and training more staff so we can just like just be smarter with our time. And now I work 20 hours in the gym and I, I've spent, I, I'm at home, I manage and I take care of the kids. And then my husband works a full 40, sometimes 50 hours a week. And there's, there's definitely weeks, like big weeks, like competitions where we work our 40, 60, 70 hour weeks. Yep. Um, but we always have that one weekend a month where we can really just focus on family. We try so hard to have a work family balance because we didn't have it. And drove me into a brick wall. <laughs> Literally. So can you, can you, I know we're not necessarily talking about marketing on this, but I feel like you're like giving so many good nuggets to people listening and stuff that I've personally seen clients and students and everything trying to work through right now. But mm -hmm. I hope you don't mind us not diving into the marketing okay. stuff as much. But, my weakest point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why we should be talking about it, but, <laughs> but you know, from that hiring standpoint, you know, I feel like you have a really good grip on this, like for you to grow by 12 employees in two years, like that's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And you saying that you had this epiphany of like, I can't pay somebody to vacuum the floors. Mm -hmm. Me at, on the other side of that. And you're probably what your consultant was saying was you can't not pay somebody if yeah. you want to stay in business. So like really? tell me how to make, what advice would you give other business owners or other moms that are trying to like think that way and make those decisions? What made the, the, the flip switch for you? Yeah. Well, honestly, my consultant just like, you cannot afford not to. And I'm like, literally don't believe a word that's coming out of his mouth. Like, I, I don't believe you. This isn't, you know, like I'm like writing it in self doubt. Like this will never be a thing. Like I'm going to be vacuuming the floors of six or five ninja for the rest of my life. And <laughs> it was just small minded thinking and almost just like being there and the, the stress of doing every little thing had me just in this one mindset. And once I could take a step back 
And I just started with one person cleans a couple hours a week. And all of a sudden I have this free time and I can plan and I can do this and I can do that. But it was just a little bit small minded thinking. And once we actually got our, our, our bigger minded thinking going, you're just like, oh my gosh, it, it just clicks and you feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more comfortable. And even once you start, it's really hard and then something bad goes wrong. And you're like, no, I need to do it. It's just a, it's a process and you have to trust the process and it's really, really hard to do at first. Um, but you, you it, it is great that you pointed that out that a lot of people struggle with that because yes. I don't know where we would be if I never got out of that mindset. Yeah, the, and Shelly's Shelly's absolutely one hundred percent correct. This there, if you are if you are good at what you do at running a business, you will absolutely hit this trajectory at some point. And there's just so many people. You've heard the saying. We've all heard the saying. Um, it's hard to see the forest through the trees, or something something to that effect. In your case, and what happens with most people is they see the force and they're like, Oh fuck that. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. I'm going to look at this tree and I'm going to admire the bark on this tree. I'm going to get right up close to it. Look at all this bark. Like, look at how great this bark looks. And then once they pull back and they see the force of all the things that they need to do and they need to grow and they need to, that's, that's how they tackle the forest. That's, mm -hmm. that's what freaks them out. And they're like, no, I'm F that forest. Like I'm not going into that forest. And the forest is where you grow. Like that's, if if you want to have the single tree and look at that single tree, that's fine. Like there's there's actually it's there's nothing wrong with that, but the it sucks it sucks wasting talent too. It because there's certain people that you look at and you hear about and you talk to, aka you're one of them, that you're like, okay, like listen, it's like watching a potential NFL star on a college team and all they do is just shoot heroin and do coke and you're like listen man like you could you could literally two years from now you could be in the nfl and you're just fucking it up like what are you doing like and it's okay and like that's again where for me anyways when i have conversations with people that are clearly talented enough and have the right mindset or well maybe don't have the mindset but they don't see what they're capable of that's where again the whole part of this comes from love. I like, I want to have some hard talks with people. That's when it happens. Like well, there's a lot, I have a lot of talks with people that I don't think are talented enough. And I'm just like, I could care less to talk to you right now. Like oh, the, the tough love is what pushed me to where I am uh, today uh, without other people pushing and casting their vision and instilling that within us. Um, there's a, a lot of key people in our lives that without that tough love or that bigger vision, we, we would have never saw it the way that we see it um, now. So. You, so with, <coughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, Shelly. No, go ahead, Shelly. With, with that being said, I think you've kind of mentioned this a couple times now, but one of those key people in your life is your consultant, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like it was one of the, the first key people in your life that started to help you make some of those changes. What what spurred you to at a year into the business think this is worth me investing the money into hiring a consultant because i mean selfishly like i see this all the time right like i hear people consistently say i can't i can't afford to hire somebody i can't you know whatever and even you were saying like i can't afford to have somebody vacuum my floors what 
clicked for you to say, I can afford to hire a consultant? Well, that never, I never, it, it, that was a tough one because so I hit my head on the brick wall and then the next Saturday I got this one hour presentation on Facebook, like how to, I don't even remember what it was titled, but it was like, how to hire more, you can hire more staff, you can have more free time, you don't have to work every minute in your gym. It was like four gyms in the after school activities world because there's so we're all the same type of people. We all work, 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 and drive ourselves um, into the brick walls. And um, the video, the one hour presentation, I'm like, that's what I want. <laughs> and then I got on the phone with them for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, you know, and it was like a huge investment up front. And I was just like, I don't know this guy. I don't know anything about him, but he has, he seems like he has all the answers to all my problems. And I just had to, your trust and made that down payment and I don't know what what things would look like and um, also the the community I got from it the other gym owners that I get to speak with and that kind of stuff so it I, I thought it was crazy and I'm like there's no way I can do this and then I, I was just like stop scaring yourself Lacey you gotta just do it um, just I would like to add on top of that because um, I think it's really relevant to what you went through and then what uh shelly was talking about which is um i went through a similar ordeal i did a i did a consulting thing um when i had my detailing business and then mm -hmm. but there was a really unique thing that clint did for me which really changed everything and that was that we went through this boot camp basically consulting boot camp and then the gal and i that went through that boot camp we got to be a part of another pair or another group's boot camp and take them through it mm -hmm. and then they were running into all the same questions issues and everything that we were running into but because we had perspective we had height yeah. on the situation we were like oh, oh i know the answer to this and yeah. so for people who are so we use the analogy can't see the forest through the trees mm -hmm. well now imagine that you're a freaking hawk and you're above the forest and you're looking down at the person you're like all you got to do is just go a hundred yards this way and you're out of the forest, bro. Yeah. Like, but you can't see that because you're in the forest. That's yeah. what consulting does. The, it it makes, it's they're the hawk and they're just telling you like, Hey, like you're, you're fucking up here. Like all you got to do is just go to the left, like five feet and you're, you're no longer walking through mud. And, um, I got into a discussion with this about consulting with someone else this weekend. And I said, the value in consulting is just simply the fact that, you're the outside person looking in and that's generally like what most people need at that point in time in their life. For so sure. Shelly, you, you, you provide an amazing service because of that. Thanks. I mean, that wasn't my intention in bringing that up, but like I, there's very specifically some people that I'm going to send this episode to when we get off, because I think you were a shining example for a lot of things of being able to speak into I've been there and I really didn't know how I was gonna hire that next employee or I couldn't see the value in hiring an employee. I couldn't see the value in trusting and listening to a consultant. And really, honestly, if I could just get like any business owner to really hear the, the, the core of what you are saying is mm -hmm. you were willing to invest in you and your dream. 
Yeah. And that's really the core of what that boils down to. Like, it wasn't that you were investing in a consultant. It wasn't that you were investing in an employee to vacuum the floors. You were investing in yourself and your dream. And by doing that, you were allowing other people into your trusted circle or you were allowing other people to share in that dream by investing in those other people. Uh, exactly right. Real quick question. Did you have a performance metric that you assigned to that consulting? Like, um, so say you and your husband are sitting down and you're like, we're going to spend a lot of money on this. Did you guys talk about, okay, if three months in this hasn't happened, then we'll cut it off or, you know, something along those lines. Did you, did you guys have that discussion? So, um, is the way he structured it was like um, this package of an eight week course it was like school i was going to school for the after school activities world for eight weeks and you pay for it all up front and i'm like all right i'm going to do this eight weeks and and see what it is from there and on top of that i had a couple extra months of like calls with other gym owners and then from there you can be moved into the bigger higher level of um consulting and and that and that was like the bigger discussion we had to have but we already had proof of concept so say i spent x amount of dollars i um made three times that by just implementing a few things that they told me right away um so this big scary number for this eight-week course i was like oh my gosh i hope i'm not blowing my family's dollars and um but then I instantly recouped it. Within one month, I recouped it. And then in the eight weeks, I made three times that extra on top of it. And I will say like, and that is 90% of the time that is the case with people, right? So like, I'll just share my personal story to go along with that as well. Like the first time that I ever hired a consultant for Elliot Mommy, like it was the same thing. Like I was looking at paying this consultant more than I was paying myself at the mm -hmm. time, right? I was like, I don't even pay myself that much every month. And it was like, holy crap, am I really looking to do this? But it was like, exclude, excuse the language, but it was like the way my mom used to say, it's either shit or get off the pot time. It's either time to take this business seriously and do what it takes to actually invest in the business and thus invest in myself to make this work or go back to the corporate world, go back to doing what I had always done, right? And by investing, it was $600. Like I will never ever forget. It was $600 is what I originally had to start paying that consultant per month. And so when I paid that consultant $600, then within that, for, and it wasn't even a full year, like that year was probably seven or eight months um, that I had with that consultant the rest of the year. We grew our revenue between, I think it was about 37% that year, year over year. So like Clearly that consultant and the advice and the time and investing in that paid for itself. And I think like I that's such a valuable piece that I'm so glad you shared with us because I think that's so valuable for it seems daunting, but it's probably worth every penny. Like you said, the hawk over the forest, it, it just describes it. They take all the emotion out of it and they just have more clarity and they give you more clarity and they give you more backbone. So I love it. That's all I, I I'm I could be done right now. Like, I think that you have, <laughs> and, and, I mean, not because I, I just, I'm so glad to hear, and I've heard pieces of this through, you know, our, our conversations previously, but it's, it's so nice to hear you take action. And I think maybe you, I don't know if you have given yourself enough credit for that, but like, sometimes I don't think so. You know, I mean, it's very easy. It would have been very easy for you to invest in that eight week course and not 
take action on it, right? Like, so really that you invested in yourself, you didn't invest in that consultant, but you trusted yourself that you would take mm-hmm. action on it and that you could do the hard things that were required for it. For sure. Yeah. Bravo for you and your and your husband. Like, um, good for you guys. That's, I don't think you'll, maybe, I, maybe one day you'll appreciate just how odd and rare something like that like that is and um just again just good for you like that's really good stuff thank you guys so well we're kind of coming up to the end here so typically what we do these last few minutes is we let you have the floor like we've talked a whole lot about your business journey and your entrepreneurial journey. And and I'm glad this turned out different than what we had kind of thought it was. Cause I think this is a really awesome episode, but let's talk about you for a minute. How can, how can we support you? How can the community find you? What exciting things do you guys have coming up? Um, exciting things we have coming up it, like um, something we're really like interested in growing pretty soon is like our aerial silk program and our parkour program and stuff like that. Um, and over the summer we have the best summer camps um that i've ever seen i every kid comes into these summer camps and they just have a blast so that's what we're kind of gearing up for a summer when we get to be open nine to nine and we get to make all these kids sweaty and happy um so that's what we're really excited for um it's getting people to fall in love with ninja and circus and flipping um so that's circus circus that's ariel silks and lira hoop um i don't know if you've seen what my daughter does in the I did. I was I was going to say, I think you should talk for a minute about the showcase that just happened this weekend. Yes. So we just had an aerial silk showcase. So kind of like in the circus, you see those like silks hanging and they climb and twirl and do all sorts of tricks. Um, we have um, classes um, and that uh, uh, came across us and we have amazing instructors, the classes. I took eight classes and I like was so strong. Now I got really busy and put a lot of excuses, but my daughter does the classes. She's 12 years old. She went from not wanting to exercise or do anything or any sports. She's not a ninja warrior. She likes flute, band, piano, reading. Where does she get that from? <laughs> no, because I'm like, who are you? You're so um, and, uh, but she started silks. And the other day she like busted out 25 pull-ups. And I'm just like, she has completely transformed wow. years from just doing this little aerial silk class. She's fallen in love with performing and getting stronger and being healthier. And it just all from this one little program that we added. And so it's really exciting for me to see. So we start at age eight for aerial silks and we have from eight all the way to people in like their forties. And we just had a showcase where they get to perform. There was 12 routines and they were just so cool and fun to see. It's, it's actually on our Facebook page page 605 aerial silks um but it was just like kind of an entertainment event people came sat and watched um them showcase their skills we hope in the future to be able to do maybe some halftime performances or something really really cool but it is so cool and you can start from anywhere um and anybody on the planet earth can at least do the intro class it's not designed to be super challenging it's a lot of fun um, so you don't have to have a lot of skill to start, but you do have to have great determination to get, you know, all the way to the top and to, into the advanced classes. So. Adam, will you do a class with me? <laughs> Come on now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I feel like, uh, no, no, that's not, 
not not that there's anything wrong with silks, but I just don't know if that's my jam. Right. Now the obstacle racing, that might be my jam. But there you go. Um, All right. So tell tell us a little bit more about what you got for camps and how people can find you and. Okay, so we don't have our camps listed quite yet, but probably in the next two to three weeks, they'll be listed on our website, 605ninja.com, and we'll probably have like 15 different camps throughout the whole summer. So we'll have aerial silks and then parkour, which is like flipping and tricking and vaulting, you know, when kids like run and jump over the hood of your car, stuff like that. That's parkour. And then ninja, and um, there are two or three day camps, and kids just like, they'll say it's the highlight of their summer. We had one kid sign up for the first one and then he did like all seven of them uh, one summer. Like he just did every single summer camp. And we we find that a couple kids do that. They just think it's so fun. So I know parents really get excited about that kind of stuff um, or there might be multi-sport athletes. So they don't necessarily want to add ninja to their um, things, but they just want to do a camp for fun. So we got that. That's what we got coming up. And they, I have, yeah, I have they, one request one just one request and that is have you have you seen the movie or sorry have you seen the show the office um no <sighs> i know I, i'm probably crazy it's okay it's okay i mean I I, i'm not judging you <laughs> um so there is an episode where they do parkour for like the first like five minutes I've of the show a lot of memes okay from- I just just have that playing on the TV for you, like you're like sometime in the first month of the parkour, like where they you just play that episode. Okay, that's that's my only ask. Like I just want to see that. <laughs> I'm look it up. Okay, please do. Maybe you, you know, can have Jason do a recreation of it or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yes, just imagine a bunch of really overweight, non-athletic office guys in suits doing parkour. <laughs> That's what that is. And then shouting out parkour while they're doing parkour. Like that's the whole point. That's basically the whole part of it. That sounds hilarious. And I, I've heard a lot about it. So it's probably pretty widely popular, but I like Jelly's rendition where they could like remake it. Only yes. like the athletic ones. Yep. <laughs> I would be like the unathletic parkourist. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So 605ninja.com is that the uh, website. I'm sure the Facebook page is called 605ninja. Yep, with the dash obstacle training academy. But if you search 605ninja, you're definitely going to find it. Okay. And uh, I am definitely going to be talking with the wife about getting the son signed up for some weekend one-on-one like open gym and classes and stuff like that. So he's almost five though. I just now realized he's almost five. Well, he's just about there. But he's like the size Shannon's of a helping you out here. There Shannon, we go. Shannon's helping you out with the YouTube link to this here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so anyways, yeah, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Lacey. And um, I really hope that you guys are open to grabbing like a lunch sometime and we can all sit down and just talk. All right. Awesome. Well, it was great to have you on, Lacey. I, I really appreciate talking to you. And I'm sorry we didn't talk as much about marketing, but I think you provided a lot of value Adam to people yes. today. About marketing at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could like take or leave Adam's marketing advice. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh, <laughs> just ooh some fire right. at the end of the episode. <laughs> I got to get the zingers into you sometimes. <laughs> All right. We end every episode with the same little peace out Brussels sprout. See you next week, guys.